Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every week and discuss the important things like fear. Just fear. Unending fear. I feel so much fear. But that's fine. Look, we're doing a podcast. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, this week, we have with us Alfred Clark, also known as Penny Blue. <laughs> Hello. I didn't even say a cool, fun thing about your persona this week, so that's fun. I know, I know. That was the first thing that I thought when you said my name without... Oh, my God. <laughs> but I got around the issue. I got around it expertly. <laughs> um, we also have Emily Kuklinski with us, also known as the Punny Emily. My persona is five. <gasps> Sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, like a five years old? Like you are a five years old? Oh, uh, no. Creepy? No, like persona five. Oh. I, I mean, I got, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a game I reference. <laughs> I didn't realize that the joke hadn't been understood. Oh, no, I'm just good. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, come on, Ismay, you work for a game place now. You gotta <laughs> you gotta keep it up. I write reviews for things now. They trust me with games. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, wow, this is look, there's a reason I'm not getting paid. This might be it. <laughs> um, uh, last but not least, we have with us a new addition, also known as Harry, also known as my cousin. Hi Harry! <laughs> Hello. Hi, I'm Harry. I like the just in case in case it wasn't abundantly clear. I'm a hot mess today because uh, I forgot to do the podcast, and everything is very rushed at the last minute. So I like that the first one that I've got my actual flesh and blood family on is me being like, <laughs> "Look, I'd like, did you think I had my life together for a hot second? Wrong, incorrect, dumb assumption." <laughs> I mean, I, I always thought you were just pretending really well. Oh, God, I'm not pretending well at all. I'm pretending very badly. <laughs> this week, we are going to talk about uh, stealing, uh, stealing like things from other uh, RPG systems and other RPG games. Because uh, there's a lot of cool RPG games out there. And even though Dungeons & Dragons is the best one, because <laughs> I, I have to say that because that's the podcast that I do, um, there are a lot of like really good things on, uh, on a lot of other their games so it'd be cool to kind of like you know steal from them and oh no we're gonna give them some credit there we go it's fine if you steal Shamelessly. things and give them credit it's, whatever yeah. yeah like that makes it a cool fun thing to do um yeah yeah everyone's just looking for exposure really <laughs> yeah yeah see that, that that's how i've been like paying my bills i go to my landlord and yeah. be like hey could i interest you in some exposure they take that around <laughs> yeah. the wrong way entirely yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I still do get to stay in my place for free, so like six half dozen. <laughs> um, one of the cool, fun things that we like to do over on Crit Chat because we're rat bastards is we're like, oh, hello, person that's never been on this podcast before. Here's the deep end. Um, so Harry, you get to go first. Okay. So I I may do this wrong because I've never done it before. That's fair. But we'll see what to happens. Talk about some bullshit. Um. So yeah. What um. What what other games um. Do you you play like a whole bunch of other RPGs, huh? Oh, oh lord! Oh yeah. Um, this was a dumb. Yeah, question. so I actually primarily don't play D anD D, which is why it's it's kind of extra funny that I'm on this podcast <laughs> right now. Um, but I I did start playing D anD D, and I actually played D anD D with Ismay, hey. like like literally fifteen years ago. Yeah, when we were both small children. And she was stateside for a bit. Yeah. And uh, so, so that was good. So I got my I got my role playing roots in D anD D, but um, I've I've primarily switched uh, the games that I've I run personally. I run a lot of Shadowrun and I run a lot of Traveler, um, which are both sci fi mm. style things. I think they're the two most well uh, well named RPGs that there are. Yeah, right. They're just so cool sounding. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh totally. And like. They're they're both absurd in completely different ways. So uh so what uh like are there things from those games that you, you take over to D and D or if you've not done it, are there things that th are in those games that you think should be brought over to D and D or could So be? you know, I actually have uh I have played around with uh homebrewing things into D and because I personally find uh fifth edition D and D to be one of the most easily homebrewable systems oh, hell yeah. I have encountered. I, I think that's fair, yeah. But yeah, so what what things have you you homebrewed? Um, so uh, there's this really fun system in Traveler, uh, mm -hmm. where you basically create your character through a procedural generation of a life path, 
uh, which is complete anarchy because you like roll dice and you find out that you have like lost four years of your life to amnesia and it's completely crazy. But I, I have tried a little bit to try and port that into D and D for a D and D thing that Jack and I ran, which is my brother and also Ismay's cousin as biology works. Um, uh, but so yeah, the, the life path system is pretty fun and, makes really weird characters that like because it's really nice for when you don't have an idea for a character and you can just like go through this weird generation you have feel like you have a very living character that horrible things happen to (laughs) (laughs) i like it it feels like yeah like a really extreme version of the um of like the random uh random like character generator tables yeah totally like oh yeah it's like, like random character as well as random backstory generation yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've never thought about, like, taking, like, elements, or, like, taking, like, little, like, backstory things from other systems and importing them into the, the D&D ones. Because totally. that's, I like the idea of someone that's had amnesia for a long time. That's very <laughs> good. Like, that's good to me, that there's a character that has no idea who they are. I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh. <clears throat> I just as a Harry Potter nerd, I want to inject myself really quick. I love that your name is Harry, and you also like quoted pretty much the fifth movie, where you said sometimes, <laughs> "Oh no, you're a good person whom terrible things have happened to." And I'm like, oh my god, is, is, is that a quote from that? Yes, yeah, that's what Sirius. <laughs> no, Sirius says it. He's like, no, because it's in the fifth Harry Potter oh, movie, yeah. and he's like, no, 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 you're not that. a bad person. You're just a good person whom bad things have happened to. And that's, oh. The fifth book is my favorite, but I can't remember if he says that in the book. I, I don't either. Mm. It's been a while for me. It's okay. You lived You lived the Wizarding Wars, so <laughs> <laughs> you're about to forget a couple of things. Yeah, I, I, I repressed it. <laughs> yeah. I like that uh, all of my actual Harry Potter knowledge has been replaced by, again, the game that I've talked about like 500 times on this podcast, which is not okay. The fucking (laughs) um, Mystery at Hogwarts game, or Hogwarts Mystery. (laughs) That's my favorite little stupid mobile game that's not, it's not really a good game, but I like it because there's a lot of Harry Potter involved there, and that's good for me. want to put that in dnd no we can't okay um, Dude, you totally could <laughs> i know yeah, man. right I, i'm so so into the idea of harry potter dnd I've, right? I've i've used um i have used harry potter uh, harry potter <laughs> harry potter uh <laughs> that's for ages ha- two and up <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the the story of the 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 the, the poop wizard of azkaban um, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, but getting getting back to the topic and also oh, that man. topic. Um, so th- th- this is actually like a good segue, I swear. Oh, okay. um, so <laughs> as as far as like running a Harry Potter D&D game goes, I think it actually would be really valuable to take some cues from other systems and their magic systems in particular. I personally mm-hmm. find the spell slot system in D&D to be one of the strangest, least intuitive, like, ways <laughs> yes. of thinking about magic <laughs> that you yeah. possibly could. Um, it. It, it's just, yeah. just very weird. Um, like, it's like, oh no, I've spent all of my fireball money today, which I generate <laughs> in the morning for yeah. arbitrary reasons. Um, but Your magical daily pocket money of money. Yeah, exactly. Of that, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's weird. Um, but... Some systems have much more intuitive ways of uh, dealing with magic, for instance, and I will, of course, go to Shadowrun, because it's yes. something I know very well. Um, in Shadowrun, when you cast spells, you, there, you can cast an unlimited number of spells per day, uh, unless they kill you, because every okay. time you cast a spell, you might take damage from it. And sometimes okay. you pass out because you've p- used too many spells. Um, and I feel like that might be a better system to try and patch into D&D in order to do a Harry Potter D&D. Yeah, I think I, th- I think the whole, like, um, there, yeah, there's quite a few games that have the um, r- r- magic is risky uh, thing, I guess, basically. Uh, and yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I was going to mention, um, I've, I've been meaning to play this for ages. It's a, a D&D, like, old school uh, style clone called White Hack, um, which has a great magic system where basically you you kind of um, 
you you come up with the names of the spells yourselves there's no spell levels there's no resource you spend hit points to cast spells um which would be which would be tough to work into D maybe uh, i'd probably replace it with like mana points or something i don't know but um the but i love the the creative aspect of it because you you come up with set names for your spells and you write them down um and then in any given situation you have to argue how uh, how appropriate uh, the name is to what you want to do and then the, the the dm kind of like uh, argues how much that would cost uh, based on how close you are to like the name so if if you had a spell that was called unlock door you'd be able to just kind of do it for free yeah. kind of thing because it's so specific but i like alternative magic systems that sounds <laughs> really cool i did sorry i did just like very much enjoy the the stark contrast of just like oh yeah well in this other system you might just die because magic which is very good to me because like that makes sense especially for like yeah. classes like like sorcerer i think just because you know that's like the magic is within you, Harry Potter, but without the, like, the Harry Potter now goes to school and learns about it. It's just like, oh, look at my weird, untapped, wild-ass magic that could... But I don't know how to control it, but I kind of just am. I seem, I think to, remember, for, like, yeah. I seem to remember reading a description of wild magic as normal magic is uh, going to the faucet and turning it on, taking however much you need. Wild magic is breaking the faucet, <laughs> trying to drink it all with your mouth as it's spewing out of the faucet that is now broken, and then trying to... <laughs> seal it back up with duct tape afterwards <laughs> i like that yeah i think that like yeah for for specific classes like that i think that that would be really cool to kind of substitute it with like yeah this insane magic that might just kill you because that's the kind of risk you take with your wild untapped magic that like yeah you'll be more powerful but more dangerous to your you <laughs> all i can think of with the hp wizardy one is that in D&D that would not work because your wizards are the least beefiest of them all. They'd be able to do like one predistiction and get a nosebleed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, I like, I always like the idea that wizards and magical peoples uh, can just do magic without having to worry about a spell slot. And the one thing I've enjoyed, I've never played it, but being a McElroy fan, listening to... Uh, amnesty uh what i like about that is that everybody's kind of on the same level footing where you can do the magic but depending on how you roll depends on how good the outcome is for you and uh i i've always liked that system better because i would think that if you're going to do anything no matter how skilled or unskilled you are at the thing you know adrenaline it, it it makes for better storytelling yeah. Instead of being like, oh, I only have one more spell slot. I can't do my ultra cool move. It's going to be like, all right, let's see how this goes. And the DM gets a lot more say in how. I, I don't know. It just feels a lot more fun. Yeah. Totally. Like, that would, be, that would be cool if there was like, if you were able to somehow interject a system that, so most of the time you could do D&D and just play it like, you know, play it like you play it. But especially for magic users just like after they're kind of tapped for spells just be like okay well you you can't do spells as you're used to now so you're kind of just like flying in uncharted territory so maybe like you could use that like after all your spell slots are tapped you can 100% do more spells but they will be like risky just yeah just just to like add some extra shit cuz like there there's nothing worse than when you're playing a magic user in a fight and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, I guess now I'm going to, like, stab the dragon with my rapier because I, I might need that fifth level for, like, reviving someone. Like, you know? Totally. Like, and to that, me, that it, it seems, that system seems kind of immersion-breaking. Like, what reason is that there for that, like, in the world? Yeah. <laughs> It, it does feel like that like the only like the only like i can i can imagine um having just like a well of energy that you have to use and big spells cost more energy like mm-hmm. that it, sure. it makes intuitive sense but like being able to being being in a situation where like i can't cast this like we cast nothing spell but i can cast a powerful crazy spell <laughs> is really weird yeah it's bizarre that is one thing that i really love because i i started D with 3.5 and you actually had a limited number of cantrips you could cast today which is weird, oh. but I, I really love the change in 5th edition that you can cast as many cantrips as you damn well please. 
Yeah, it's cantrips. They kind of suck. That's their whole thing. Wow. They're the best spells. Mm-hmm. They are the best. I would fight you over that if you disagree. I mean, okay, are they the best because they're the best, or are they the best because they mean that you don't have to, like, again, stab a dragon with a rapier because you need to, like, you're, like, no, out of like, spell slots? I think there are some really great creative uh, cantrips in Oh, D&D, the creative ones like, are good, yeah. That you can use for just such weird utility. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The best ones are Prestidigitation yes. and, um, oh, was it? Um, minor Illusion is Minor, minor Illusion is excellent. One of, What's one of the, the cleric most... one? Oh, what is the cleric? Uh, Hold on, let me look up on my app. Yeah, Thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy, yes. Yeah. Um, one of my other favorite ones is uh, Dancing Lights because no one, no one, <laughs> like, everyone seems to just glance over the part where it says in the spell of Dancing Lights that you can make the lights into the shape of a man. You just have a light man that follows you around. That's excellent. I call him Dayman. <laughs> he is Dayman. Oh my god! Like, why? Did, like, as soon as uh, it, it was the first time that I was ever DMing that um, someone had dancing lights, and they're like, uh, "I'm just gonna make the guy. I'm just gonna make like." all the lights into uh, a light man and i was like sorry no are are you though he was like well yeah that's a part of the spell and it was the most buck wild day of my life <laughs> they just had like a fifth party member that was just a man made of light i feel like you're not so really good. living up to the spell's name if you don't have the man of light dance right yes <laughs> Like what? What else are you there for? Oh God, I want it. It's just I'm glad. I'm glad that they that they've got those things in D and D at the very least. You might not be able to do like an overwhelming like bla- like fire blast on the dragon that you're trying to kill, but you can make a dancing man of light. That's very good. Uh, I have an idea, and tell me if you guys want to play with me. Okay. <laughs> it's it's an actual like on topic thing it's not just my cold medicine talking i hope <laughs> uh, how would you like to play a game of let's make D better using other systems and like go through different things emily, emily that does you, sound like you, this podcast yeah i was like hey emily did you just try and like rework the actual topic for this week as your cool fun idea <laughs> i didn't mean to i thought it was with the idea there, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm so sorry. I mean, the podcast is about stealing, so now she's stealing your idea for the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's meta. Genius. I feel so bad now. Oh, no. no I, was just, I was just like, I, like, what, what, like, <laughs> it was just no. a very confusing time. I thought that you were reprimanding us. It's just like, hey, guys, how about we actually just get on top? Like, I was like, no, no, no. The cold medicine has made her believe that this is not the point. I didn't mean to. Ignore me. I don't exist. We can edit this post. It's made me go over your podcast. I will not take this out. It is so good. (laughs) I'm only crying a little bit. That's so good. Well, speaking of which, Emily, do you have any good ideas for things to take from other systems into D&D? Steal your friend's podcast from underneath her. Um, Oh, God. I have to repress my negative, my negativity. There we go. Oh. I'm a good Catholic girl. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The only other RPG system that I've played before, I guess I've played two technically, and it's Fiasco and uh, the Fate Core systems. And the thing I like the most about uh, fate core is how uh, because it takes away the most troublesome part of D&D which is how does everybody know each other mm-hmm. and I really like how uh, you get to work with uh, your other players to create bonds between you so you actually yeah. have a reason to play with them <laughs> and a reason mm-hmm. to adventure mm. Um and I think that it's a very, um, it, it feels like a very theatrical slash uh, TV writing way of <laughs> figuring out your 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 uh, your series. And as a dungeon master, I think it gives you a lot to play with. I don't know. I just feel like fate is the best way to launch yourself into a story, and that's that's always what I like because rules I I fuck up so often. 
that really all I need is just a reason to, to live. And fate, <laughs> fate, fate sometimes gives me that reason to let my characters live. You know? You know what I'm <laughs> that felt That sounded really deep. I'm so sorry. I'm taking cold medicine. And yeah. Oh, it's great. It just snowed two days ago and broke a lot of trees. And there were fires yeah, in Omaha. Here. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> so like get off my back now it's sunny in like 65 i don't know what my life is i just want to talk dnt and games i'm just imagining you're sitting there like with like a wine glass full of cold medicine just like <laughs> contemplatively staring out your window at some downed ass trees i guess Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with Ismay. Uh, I am getting this out on time. This is, I, you're seeing a shocked Ismay. I thought that I was going to have to come in here like, oh, I'm sorry that this is late because I've been sick and dying and just in the most pain for the past couple of days, not been able to edit, but I fucking nailed it. Look at this. It's coming out on time and everything. So uh, you're welcome. Today is Ismay has succeeded day. As for plugs this week, you can find me and Alfred's respective Twitch channels. You can find Alfred at twitch.tv forward slash pettyblue and me at twitch.tv forward slash ATCupGamer if you want to watch us do games and things. If you want to find Crit Chat on a bunch of media platforms, then you can find us at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat and at twitter.com forward slash Crit underscore chat or give us a little hashtag crit chat whatever we'll look at both um it'll be really cool and awesome to talk to you there it really makes us feel good when we've got like a whole like little community surrounding us and if you're listening yeah it's it's wonderful to hear from you in any kind of way shape or form Uh, if you give us a little shout out on twitter then you might get a little shout out on the show we have that one guy jm back at us again who um we have made a powerful enemy of by (laughs) discussing the topic of uh how to Steal things from other uh, systems and not just rely whole cloth on D&D. I am very sorry, but also not as all we came up with some very cool, good things. So, oops. <laughs> also a shout out to Theo and Piper, who uh, just sent out a call into the void to tell all the losers of the world to come and listen to Crit Chat. Not that I'm saying that if you're listening to Crit Chat, you're a loser, but like, uh, probably. I mean, come on, we're all losers here. It's like Alice in Wonderland, but with nerds. We also have this guard creeping back into our Twitter, who leads me very nicely on to my next point. Um, as he says that watching me uh, eat a cinnamon roll covered in chili was the high point of his day. So, as you may be able to tell from this, I did, in fact, eat a cinnamon roll with chili. We talk about it a bit at the end. You see you see the before math. You see the before math of uh, me promising Emily that I'm going to do it. You're going to see it in like a little while towards the end of this episode. What happens next can be found on our Twitter and on our Facebook. So if you go to either one of them, you will see what happens when I, with my human flesh body, consume chili and cinnamon rolls. As with the links to everything else, you can find the link to our Discord down in the description of wherever you're listening to this. Um, speaking of wherever you're listening to this, you can find Crit Chat on all the places. You can find us on all your podcatcher apps. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud if you search for Crit Chat. You can find us on iTunes if you search for Crit Chat under uh, podcasts. It would really help us out if you do uh, if you give us like a five star review and give us a little review on the iTunes. It does something good, I think. And also, I'll read them and I'll smile and it's very good for me. You can also find us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat, all one word. If you do that, you can kick in just as little as $1 a month and that really, really helps out with like, you know, put it going towards all of the, the expenses that come with making a podcast. And because uh, I, I do this for a living. I edit things for a living and I am not getting paid to edit this, obviously, but it would be nice if I was. And then I would be able to go back to my university a little less shamefaced and I could be like, hey, yeah, I am actually using my degree. <laughs> also coming up this Monday is Half Damage, the Crit Chat produced Curse of Strahd campaign with a twist. Uh, it's a very, very fucking good episode that's coming up. It is so choice, so excellent, so dozer. Uh, go and check it out, and I'm sure that you'll fucking love it as much as I do. 
That's half damage. Again, you can find it any place that podcasts are found. And it's great. Oh, also, I just started making our Wikia page for it. If you like half damage, then go find all the info on our Wikia page. It's cool. Just half damage and then Wikia. And then you can find it. And it's got a bunch of info. And it looks, well, it's got like 11 pages. But it looks profesh so far. Shut up. I'm trying. I'll let you get back to the episode now. Uh, you can come and find us uh, live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. BST over on A Teacup Gamer, or just catch us every Sunday, Sunday, Saturday. I'm bringing this out on Saturday, every Saturday, and I'll see you later, you dweebs. That was going to be one of mine, definitely, because, like, the fate system, again, for, for people that don't know the fate system, like, at the very beginning of fate, you have to sit down and um, discuss how your characters know each other, including everyone needs to have um, bonds with one another. Uh, sometimes that comes in the form of like that that can give you like advantage on like uh, like charisma checks with them kind of thing. Or sometimes it means that uh, you like you get to like help them out in certain situations. It's 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 it depends on the on the game that you're working with the fate system for. Um, but the main point of it is you have to sit down at the beginning and very openly and actively talk about your characters, uh, which is a thing, yeah, a, a place where I think D&D definitely fails in that kind of beginning stage of just, uh, you know, our characters know each definitely. other because we adventure, maybe. Let's not talk about it. Everything will be fine. d and is very much a system that expects you to know what you're getting into. Um, yes, and they they're yeah. they're good with helping you set up the um, logistics part of it, but they're not very good about getting you into the actual story you want to play. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought of Fiasco while I was um, thinking about this episode uh, because I haven't I haven't really played it before. Um, I've only watched people play it, but I do love that because um, you're talking about the whole bond system from Fate, mm-hmm. um, and. Because Fiasco has a kind of similar thing, yeah, right? Where you where does. you're coming up with like the crazy like relationships between your characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I like. I, I like. I I can't. I can't remember well enough. But I feel like it was like it's like really involved, and it would be kind of difficult to work that into. Yeah, you, like you would like a D and D game where you stole that wholesale would be really quite different. I think. From, <laughs> yeah, from D&D I, game I think it could generally. be really interesting too, though. Like it would it would create mm. a very strange party, but. I think it could be really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, so yeah. uh, I, I've never played Fiasco before. Like, so what's what's the what's what's the deal with it? So, uh, Fiasco is uh, it, it's an, a kind of an RPG game. There isn't a dungeon master. It's just you have I think it's like three to four friends sitting around with you at the table, and you pick a scenario. So, like some of the different storylines you can go with are like Tundra. Wild West, Suburbia. So if you choose like Suburbia, uh, you roll all these six-sided dice. And when you look at your main page, it has different scenarios for you. So you kind of like create your character, you give them a name, and you get to choose a dice that corresponds with like a different, uh, I guess, kind of modifier for your story. So uh, you choose the relationship between you and somebody else. So, for instance, in Suburbia, you can pick, like, your your withholding, I think, like, a secret past from so-and-so. So So you're like, okay, Okay. my bond between me and my neighbor is that we used to sleep together, but we can't tell anybody about it. Okay. And then everybody kind of goes around and does that, and then everyone goes around and says that we share an object with the person sitting next to us. And then after you're done deciding those things, you all play out different scenes with one another. And your main okay. goal is to try to be the person who wins. Um, okay. I don't know if I described that well enough. Uh, but it's a very open-ended game and it's very much like, who won that scene? I think I did. Did you? And then you kind of talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> That's it's cool. it's kind of interesting because it's, it's kind of more improv than like traditional role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely, like, the parts of the role-playing game. You know, there's, like, dice in it that you, like, give to people. There's good and bad dice that you, like, give for various different things. And... That sounds real messy and weird, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the idea. Yeah. Messy and weird is my fucking life. It's <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Don't know why I've not played that before.
but hit too close to home, it's fine. Uh, I, yeah, I wanted to add to you, um, because we were talking about bonds uh, as kind of like a reason to be adventuring. Yeah. Uh, like your bonds with the other player characters. Um, uh, I also like to take, um, uh, from uh, Burning Wheel, uh, it's oh, another yeah. fantasy tabletop. Uh, it's another fantasy RPG, and uh, player characters in that um, come up with a few. There's a few different types of like kind of mechanical descriptive things. Like, um... okay, so basically, I like to steal uh, beliefs from Ven- Burning Wheel, which is kind of like the core, um, kind of the core drives of your character. Um, it is a really. It, it it seems really, like it's such an obvious thing, but we just don't have it really in D D. um just having a clearly stated belief about the world that your character holds like you know i'm i'm the yeah the, like one of the standard examples is like i am the true king of this land um yeah and it just like it, it it both like it has a mechanical thing where um you kind of get rewarded for playing to that um and in my games i would be like xp or inspiration stuff like that mm-hmm. But also it just kind of flagpoles to everyone at the table what like the reason that you're playing this character. Um it's like this is the thing that I'm interested in. Like I want the, a character who is about this and this is what I'm like interested in uh like working towards in this game. And it kind of helps frame everything better and everyone it, it kind of adds some more like kind of broad narrative uh like guides to everyone at the table i guess yeah you, you talked about this before on one of the uh previous episodes i can't remember which one but it was one of them i mm. guess um <laughs> and yeah it did it did seem very much like a like something that should be in DD. was this also the same one that if like your beliefs changed at all in the session then something else yeah. happened mechanically yeah, so in in Burning Wheel, um, Burning Wheel is a really crunchy system. Uh, it has loads and loads of different effects, things that happen. Um, but yeah, if one of your beliefs um, become like like it doesn't represent your character anymore, or um, it, it's resolved in some way, and then there's like kind of like major character progression that happens when that happens uh, with this whole mechanic in the game called Arthur. Um, <laughs> called Arthur. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> but no, it's Arthur like a r-t-h-a i had to think about that um oh right okay which is like it's like a it's like a it's like a word from another language that means like you know something you know um uh poetic i don't know but um yeah it's like it's like a really poetic (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like you know like reason reason you know you know i don't know but um (laughs) Yeah, it's just a, yeah, so, like, that's kind of, like, a higher, like, a more, like, a bigger deal of character um, progression as opposed to just using it. Yeah. Yeah. I do really like games that uh, build into the system the character progression idea. Yeah, actually, when you you were talking about Life Paths with Traveler or... The other one, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Burning Wheel is is a big like it's it has the whole life paths thing really. Ooh. I might really, have to check really that out. Far down, uh, down to a T. <laughs> so one of one of the other ones that I was thinking about a little bit that kind of that that falls on from yeah things that really speak to your ideals and how they change over time. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, and it's on on my mind now because it's spooky Halloween month, um, <laughs> and it's so therefore it is dread month. Dread, if you've never played Dread, oh, Dread yeah. is one of the best games in the world. I just, <laughs> And, like, it's difficult to integrate it into D&D, but fuck me, I'm going to try because oh, I, I love Dread. I would say it's not at all difficult to implement <laughs> into D&D. Like, to be fair, my main thing that I like is the Jenga Tower. Dread has a Jenga Tower. Yeah, totally. That's very good. Just put it in. One of the things that I was thinking about with Dread is um, normally before, when you're when you're playing it, you get a character that you create on the day because... When you're playing Dread, it's not likely that your characters are going to survive. Um, like Dread is all about like a like one shots. One shots of Dread are some of the most intense and it's, amazing. It's games. the horror movie role playing game. Oh, they're so good. And like it, the the basic premise of the game is like you're kind of do nothings or do somethings, but not very powerful. Uh, you're in a situation where you just need to survive. If you're going to do something that might uh, kill you, so like instead of rolling a dice, you take. Uh, one or more of the Jenga blocks decided by the GM uh, based on how difficult the check is. If you are the one that makes the tower fall over, you die. That's the game, and it's so good. Um, 
but one of the one of the things about it is uh, at the beginning when you make your characters, uh, you can get uh, one of the suggested things that you do is get uh, a secret from your backstory or something about your personality that the GM gives you. Um, so, for instance, that one that I'm going to be running uh, at the end of this week because it's Spooktober and Spooktober calls for spooky games. Mm. Um, everyone is given like a little secret about their story, about their backstory that can be used to influence how they make their character and their character's decisions inside um, the like yeah, whatever sp- spooky haunted murder house. And one of the things with it is the further you go on the game the more mad you get because that's the matter that's that's how dread works you get crazy because the game makes you crazy so you just give people these secrets and beforehand just sit them down and be like like so say for instance it's like oh you know the person to your left has uh wronged you in some way and you're still a bit pissed off about it at the beginning that might manifest in like you just being a bit snarky at them when you get to the end when (laughs) things are coming and clawing at you you might just trip that person up because better you than them, I guess. Um, and it's like, it, it's very it's very cool in that kind of character progression thing of you can see your character arc from the very beginning of like, oh, in the beginning, I, I'm just wanting to like get on with my day and survive. Whereas in the end, you're just like, no, this person fucked me. We're in a <laughs> shitty situation. No one's going to find out if I fuck them over, which is very good. Uh, I don't know how you put that in D and D, but do it. I don't know. Something, something that is really uh, like I think is great about Dread is the questionnaires and like yes, because the that's that's the entirety of your character is you just mm-hmm. you just answer questions on a sheet, but yeah. both the art of writing a Dread questionnaire and answering a Dread questionnaire is just such a great way to make a character and. It can actually be really fun to, like, take one of those sheets, fill it out, and then make a character in a different system based on your answers to that question. That's excellent. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, because I, yeah, the the question, so yeah, again, this is part of the, part of the dread, is you get a questionnaire at the beginning that they, in in the uh, the manual for it, they give you some examples, um, but you can, as a DM or GM, uh, change it uh to what you you want and it would be re- like it would be a really good way of uh making a D character i would say just because like as much as i love D, that first day when you're making your character it's very numbersy and it's hard to kind of get into the personality like the fun part of D, like you embodying a character whereas these are just words which makes it a lot more easy to manage for like figuring out who you're going to play so like for instance the one the one that i'm i'm going to be doing on sunday i've got uh the classics like what what's your name what do you look like um what do you do to pass the time when you when you're alone um what's one thing that you never leave home without how would you want others to describe you how would they actually describe you what do you fear most um uh, what drives you and what's your darkest secret um and it's just, it's just, it gives you like a whole bunch of things to work with that make you really think about your character instead of, I wonder, I wonder how many spell slots my character would have, <laughs> you know, like, it just makes it a bit cool and interesting. Part of me would think the Jenga tower would also be fun if you wanted to incorporate right. it with like a boss battle and like, <laughs> hey yeah. guys, if you want, uh, so in my head, this is how it would go is like. All right, you get to attack it, and the moment that the Jenga tower falls down, either the monster regains half its health that you've taken away from it, or a new swarm of uh, mini enemies comes in. Like, I think that would be a fun way to keep, especially because some boss battles just last fucking forever, to keep everybody engaged <laughs> the whole time. That would be yeah. really fun. I I do like that. Like, yeah, instead instead of having just rolling for your for your boss battle, having a having the Jenga tower for the boss battle, that would be super cool. I'm into that. <laughs> totally. Uh, another really fun thing you can do with uh, Dread in an ongoing campaign, um, and this is it's kind of a, a weird thing. You can actually just switch system for a setting for for a session. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's so good. You just keep you keep your characters like. 
in, in this situation, you don't really need to fill out a questionnaire, like if it's an ongoing campaign where you have a very established character. But uh, I was in a game that my girlfriend was running, and she, like, on our way through this epic journey to try and deliver a thing to another place, um, <laughs> we were basically attacked by uh, evil creatures in our minds, and we were <laughs> kidnapped into a dreamland uh, where it was basically a horror setting. Um, yes. So you can kind of just, like, have an aside from your campaign and have, like, mm -hmm. a spooky one-shot with your characters that you already have. And, like, if you die, you die in the dreamland, but, like, you'll probably be fine in the next session. But if you um, die in the dream, you die for real! Okay, I'm done. Sure, that too. Uh. You can do that too. And then you just need a lot of diamonds for resurrection. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That's really good. Yeah. I, this is also turned back into... I remember this happening on another on another episode. I think it was when we were just talking about stealing things in general, and we got on to stealing from other systems. Uh, that sounds about right. But we eventually got on to, just don't play D&D, &D, I guess. So, like, <laughs> so we've done it again. But yeah, like, I think uh, one, of, one of the other things I was thinking with Dread, I'm just going to keep talking about Dread because I love it so much, um, th is that one of, one of the kind of things that you, you tell people at the beginning, or that I, I particularly like telling people at the beginning, because like in D&D, &D, it can sometimes be hard to set a like a serious tone because D&D is you know it's a fun goof em up game and you can make a serious thing but sometimes it's hard to like maintain it but at, at the beginning of Dread it's good to like sit down and talk to the people and be like hey it's it would be easy enough to make this again like a silly goof em up which is fun but the fun of Dread is letting yourself be scared it's the reason people watch scary movies and no one likes the person that's like oh, oh, look at the look how you can see you can see where like the blood is like coming out of the blood pack right there it's like no just let yourself be scared that's part of that's why this particular thing is fun and like I get not wanting to do that for every session because that would be tiring and <laughs> awful and bad um but if you just have like a session where it's like look guys we're, we're gonna do like a kind of spooky one it would be dope if we all just let ourselves be scared right now because that's that's a cool fun thing to do sometimes because it's yeah. Hallow's Eve. What what would what, what game system would we use for a Christmas special? Because that's <gasps> our Halloween special. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Feng Shui. What's yeah. Feng Shui? What? Uh, feng Shui is a um, uh, cheesy kung fu movie role playing uh... game. Uh, Yes, I can uh, fuck with that. But it it kind of lends itself to all action movie style things, and <laughs> like like all the best Christmas films. Yeah, well, I mean, Die I, Hard, yeah. But yeah, like... I mean, now I would argue there are a lot of Christmas like themed things that are absolutely great as movies, but maybe wouldn't work that well for role playing games. I would say Christmas <laughs> action movies were absolutely work for role playing games. <laughs> That'd be so good. That, that's my opinion. I like. I don't, I don't hold to that firmly, but like, I, I think, I think feng shui would be really great. It's completely absurd. Yeah, like that's the I, entire idea. I do want to talk more about feng shui, but I do need to make it known that I just searched Christmas RPG and and Google Images has provided me with a beholder with a nice old Santa hat on. So I'm, I'm good <laughs> no. for the next like twenty minutes. Yeah. So like, you guys Honestly, can talk like, about D &D, your things. D D works great if you want to just theme D and D to like Christmas. Wait, I was, I, I forgot what it was called. Feng shui. So yeah. So what, what are, what are the kind of um, mechanics in feng shui? I so uh, basically you have. Um, it's it's a pretty rules light game, all things considered. Um, mm -hmm. I think there are two like special point stats that you get, which are either like magic or luck or fate or something. Um, okay. And uh, you, basically, the more you put into one, the less you have the other. It's it's just like a scale that way. Uh, but you can have like like in one of the games of Feng Shui that I played, I basically played a character played by Jackie Chan. Like, just a generic Jackie Chan character who was completely incompetent, like, and would, like, fumble over a lot, but actually got things done with his fumbling. Um, good. So, like, good. It, it's, it's a game that lends itself to that kind of play. I, that, that sounds excellent. Because, like, I like, yeah, just, I, I like the idea of it being, like, rules light as well. Rules light yeah. is very good for a Christmas episode, because 
I don't want to. I don't want to roll dice on Christmas. No, I do. I don't know why I lied like that. I want to do nothing but roll dice on Christmas. I'm a giant nerd. What the fuck? Yeah, same. But that, yeah, the um, you you mentioned uh, like fate being one of the the parts of that, mm. which reminded me, I completely forgot about it until now. Um, the the Star Wars RPG um mm. system. Which one? Um, the oh god, there there's like five hundred of them, but they all yeah. kind of like work under the same mechanics. Oh, the Fantasy um, Flight ones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. I think. <laughs> um. Is it like Edge of Empire, Age of Rebellion, Force and Destiny? Yes. Those, yes. Those yes. Three? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's the one. Thanks, um, Google. <laughs> thanks, Google. Um, yeah, they're they're one of the things that that's got in it that um, I love a lot, which is a thing that I can actually remember. Uh, uh, not the name of it, but I can remember the things that you do in it. So you've got your, like your your light side and your dark side um, tokens that you have. You roll at the beginning of the game to see how many are flipped each way. That doesn't really matter. But essentially, there's like maybe say three. Um, little tabs that you keep out and on one side it says light side and one side it says dark side um, when you fail a check uh, you as the player can take one of the if one is faced up light side you can flip it over to dark side and say I've I made that check so essentially it's like the the, the balance of the universe is wanting you to succeed and so you will succeed but that does mean that you now have a dark side chip on the table that your DM can flip over um, and push the battle in the other way. So say you do make a check, they can turn it over and say, no, you don't, because the balance of the world has like taken it back from you. Which I, I think deal is, with the devil systems. <laughs> right. It's so good. And like, I, I like, I like mm. making that decision. Like, I know that I'm going to have to get my comeuppance for this because that's how the balance of the world works. Um but for now, I really want this. And it's kind of like pros and cons of doing that deal. Uh, and I also really like the um, the kind of message and meaning behind it that was in the Star Wars games. Just because it's like, you are the hero of the story. And so, of course, fate has some kind... Like, there is some kind of fate happening there. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're the heroes, you're important to the story. And the world kind of pushes that i guess is the kind of whole thing and i love that idea and i think that could be like really easily put into D. Uh, obviously probably don't call them light side and dark side and like the force because like i don't know copyright strikes i guess but like other than that it's pretty dozer <laughs> yeah i mean we already have an alignment system it's right there already <laughs> right so, oh yeah yeah that's cool uh was it uh alfred did you have did you, was there another of the games that you were talking about that um you wanted to mention i can't remember what it was uh, oh, just in general, um, y- uh, yeah, oh, it was I've been looking... Blades of Blades of the Dark in the Dark was Ooh, yes a thing that you were talking about. Yeah, it's um, it, that's the game that I've been reading a lot of at the um... moment and watching people play because I'm probably going to be running it. Um, nice. Yeah, I think it's just, I I think anyone who kind of has a vague idea of what the game is knows like what the the good stealable bits of it are but, uh, <laughs> but like the the blades in the dark has this whole thing where um the players create a crew so every so there's this kind of basically there's a, another character sheet in addition to everyone's character sheets which is just the crew which is a shared shared player sheet um and that kind of it, it basically the game is about it's it's a game about it's kind of like a in a dishonored kind of setting I don't know how to describe that actually better, but steampunk. Um, yeah, but like ghosts and oh, okay. <laughs> industrial. Yeah, it's there's more. Yeah, well, I mean, Dishonored has like you know it has that whole it has the oh, whole. Oh, it's got like yeah, like fantasy elements yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all like it's all like you know uh, like uh, like electroplasm or whatever, and they have the like walls of light and dishonored, and uh, I don't know, but it, yeah, so it's this kind of like industrial fantasy with ghosts, like supernatural stuff in it setting. Um, but the whole setting. game is about, oh, yeah. sorry, it's a fun setting, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it yeah, does yeah. sound very dishonored, which is all that I need to like be into a game, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I'm actually, well, actually, I'll, I'll come to that later, uh, but yeah, so the um. Yeah, so the but the game is about uh, the players basically create this like crew or like a big, big gang, uh, and uh, they just basically like carve out their position in the city uh, that you play in. Uh, the game comes with a city of its own called Duskwall, 
Um, very close to Dunwall. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that is yeah. that is the Dishonored. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, the the game is like the number one. Like, the, there's a list of uh, like the first page is like a list of um, inspirations, and Dishonored is like. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought that they were just like trying to like sneak it under the radar. You know, just like, oh no, this is Schmishmonard, <laughs> my new RPG system. <laughs> uh uh yeah so yeah uh so the yeah so basically the players like they choose what kind of thing they're gonna be doing like you can make like an assassins a crew of assassins or like smugglers or like you know all these other things or cult that's a good one um but yeah and then you that kind of like kind of structures the game and you will create your characters and you're all like working with the crew and basically you go on heists uh which we i think i mentioned brought up in, in, in a recent episode actually but yeah where you get like the flashback scenes to when you're planning yeah. And, yeah, yeah it's cool very um, oceans 11 yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um but yeah but basically i just want to shout out like all of the it has loads of great like dm tools for like dungeon like you can steal as a dungeon master like um the the use of uh clocks in the game which is basically it's basically they're basically just counter countdowns but um, they're really useful for tracking like what factions are doing. Um, so you basically just have like this clock with like um, four four to eight like segments on it, and then you color them in as um, different factions uh, like uh, like work towards achieving their goals. And you can have like public clocks, and basically, it's a, I just find like it's a really nice visual um, way to like track this these really complicated things that are going on uh, in an abstract way yeah um and just all of the faction systems in general um like the the, the game i was saying the game comes with a setting called duskwall and it comes with the, all these different factions um and they're all organized in this really tight way um and uh yeah and they're all like they they all have like tier like um factions and the players crew. the players crew um fits into all of the same kind of rules as the other factions in the game which is cool um but basically you have like a tier and that's kind of exponential so like you know you have the like really small small fish and then like people who run entire districts and you know um it's just really nicely organized is what i'm saying i guess um and it's really it like just reading that book is really so helpful for if you're planning like a, a game with more intrigue in it i guess I've yeah. heard that uh, Blades in the Dark also is very easily ported to other settings as well. Like, even though the setting that it has is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Powered by the Apocalypse yeah. um, in general. Like, it has this really hackable system. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like describing any game as hackable. That's very good to me. Like, let's break into the interface of this game. <laughs> yeah, right? I've made it to the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like, I like, like the, the idea of having a bit more going on like as don't get me wrong i like the idea i like D as it stands like i like every time that we do an episode like this i'm just like i i really do love D. also please don't take away my like my good D game from me um but yeah i i i think that there always gets to a point in D D where your your characters have reached like a fame and notoriety that it makes sense that they would maybe have little factions that would yeah be able to be called upon at some point yeah absolutely like and they're, and they're and they're like big like i mean obviously there's some really really high profile pro- uh, kicks there's a very high profile kickstarter strongholds and followers for fifth edition that is like about that basically and um and there's other like there's whole other like much more closely tied to D systems like um there's one called adventure conqueror king which is like all about it's just like yeah like the like the first however many levels are like kind of D, but then there's so many there's just like pages upon pages and pages of like uh, different types of strongholds you have and like you know what what you get and wizards get to like create their own dungeon because they you know they need to farm creature parts so they like that's so good they make oh. a dungeon and they tempt in all these like yeah i know it's it's so good yeah. right what the fuck that makes it. so much sense what the fuck yeah. And then you have all of these like management challenges in the game. Like, you know, if there's a town near your wizard tower and your dungeon, then they're going to start getting worried if they're not being protected adequately from the like dungeons and your new, the monsters in your new dungeon. And, yeah. oh, so good. I, I think that's always a very interesting uh, switch is when, when like an adventuring game kind of, when it logically seems like your character would switch to like a upper management role instead of the, <laughs> like, and, like Turning D&D corporate is a, a very, like, interesting concept, and 
from my mm. experience, very difficult to do very well. Um, mm-hmm. Games mm. like that have a different style to them. There's less, like, micro in-character interactions kind of stuff. Like, sometimes a session can go by and it's, like, six months, because, like, some shit needs to get done, and it's not interesting shit, so you just gotta, like, do it for six months. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like and... when you're playing Fable 3... And now all of a sudden you're the king or queen and you have to make all the decisions that impact your <laughs> your town. Yeah, you're like, oh like, no. Yeah, being the king or the CEO or whatever, or like guild master, like by definition, you have a lot of responsibilities and probably less time to like fuck off into the woods and kill wolves or like <laughs> yeah. go dungeon crawling. I like, so, I like the idea that this kind of comes with like a new way of like introducing introducing like quests to like player characters of just like oh yeah like you've got a quest from an old adventurer who's just like look i'm too high level for this bullshit now <laughs> exactly can yeah. you do yeah. it i have a guild to run <laughs> it's like yeah. i'm a guild one i've got dragons to slay you can do the kobolds come yeah. on fuck with it <laughs> which i i would argue that's a fantastic way to introduce a quest it's such a good way yeah. <laughs> oh my god the name of the quest could be uh do not go boldly into that night <laughs> <laughs> into that kobold night oh yes. god and with that we have to start wrapping up so or that's good we go where no man has gone before <laughs> i thought the cold med- medicine had dulled your senses but no <laughs> the sharpest attack <laughs> yes ma'am Oh God! I'm still kicking it. Um, but yeah, uh, do, does they want to have any like p- last parting advice or like any any el- anything else that they've got like burning desires to talk about before we wrap up? I would say, as far as advice goes, I would just say play around with dis- different systems because there's a lot of great ideas out there. I think yeah, I think I agree. Just like the reason that we're still like we're, we we like we were defending the, our choice of D and D earlier, <laughs> but like I think the reason it like D and D is a great like kind of every like in the middle system and about adventuring and but there's loads of stuff that can kind of you you might want to take that game in different directions and yeah um, yeah i think like I, I think there's a lot of ways you can um kind of push it in different directions by taking stuff from other rpgs um like the cruise and stuff so and like in the same way that like if like games developers want to be good games developers you want to like play a bunch of different kinds of game to make something like cool and uh, like mash together the things you like and make something that you like even more. That's good. As someone who hasn't played very many systems before, I'm already inspired to try Me some is. other stuff. Yeah. And do dread. <laughs> <laughs> do dread. Seriously, it's super easy. And uh, I think the most important thing about like D and D having like this like second renaissance is just like all of the additional systems that form because of it, like people will find holes in any system and they'll try to find their own ways to fix it. And I think that it's always a hundred percent okay to steal from them. Uh, and also it's fall in Nebraska, which means that it is cinnamon God. roll and chili season. So when you play your next D and D game, might I suggest the sweet, sweet and savory combo that only Nebraskans might have only enjoyed before this podcast. So okay. <laughs> Emily, I, yeah. I know, I know. It's just, I, First off, I knew you were a liar, but you promised me that you wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> I said maybe. <laughs> I mean, we have a recording, so we can actually check that. Yeah. Uh, and um, but here's the thing: I I'm making chili like tomorrow. Oh god, I can't believe I'm saying it. I might Please. go out and get a cinnamon roll. Oh my god! Just to see, just to fucking see. Oh That's uh, up, up, upcoming content on the uh, Crit Chat Instagram. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> crit Chat Instagram. We've also got a chick Crit Chat YouTube channel now. I don't know why oh, yeah. I put like my weird stunt video on there. That's what this is. Stunt this video. is a stunt. Sometimes uh, it's okay to steal things like like cinnamon rolls and chili and things from other games. It's great. Oh, I'm gonna either love it, hate it, or be dead. So like we'll see you next week. <laughs> Um, for uh, plugs, uh, Alfred, what you got for us? Uh, yeah, so I'm playing. I play games occasionally on Twitch.tv/pennyblue. Uh, I, that thing I was going to say earlier, and then waited until now. Oh, yeah. I've been playing Dishonored. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't really played through Dishonored before. My girlfriend's so just doing that right now. Like, oh, nice! Yeah. It's high five. One, it's like 
one of my favorite games in this world, and I can and will talk about it forever, but probably not on this podcast. Okay. Both <laughs> games are so fantastic. First one's a bit better, but that's just yeah. that's that's just how that works. <laughs> anyway, but yes, where can we go and watch you play these games? Uh, Twitch.tv slash PennyBlue. Uh, if you want other games content, you can come over to my channel at twitch.tv forward slash ATeacupGamer. Um, I mostly play like, well, it's, you know, it's Spooktober right now. So I'm playing a bunch of spooky games and playing Dead by Daylight. And now I'm playing a um, a visual novel called The Letter, which uh, gave me a jump scare that was so hard that I fell off my chair and hurt my <laughs> boob real bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> There, there's good video footage of that happening, so that's fun. Uh, so you can find me doing that. Um, you can find Crit Chat on Twitter at at Crit Chat. Oh no, Crit underscore Chat. Uh, talk to us there and tag us using the hashtag Crit Chat. Uh, you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat. That one is all one word. Or hop over to our Patreon with Crit Chat again. Again, all one word. And wherever you're listening, you can go into the description to find our Discord channel, as well as a link to our SoundCloud, where you can listen to and download previous episodes, and give us a like and a follow. You can find us on iTunes, searching Crit Chat under podcasts, leave us a five-star review for this five-star show. Um, and yeah, let's say some nice things about us, or some mean things. Preferably nice things. Um... Uh, you can also find us every Tuesday live on AT Cup Gamer on Twitch at 5 p.m. BST or catch us on your podcast apps on Saturdays. Until then, I've been Ismay. I've been Alfred. I've been Emily. I've been Harry. And you've been listening to Crit Chat. Later, losers. <laughs>